0: Linda Brady
1: and I'm Michael Brady
0: and together we're partners for karmic freedom and today uh, as promised we're going to be talking about a major aspect in our universe in the skies between the planet Jupiter and the planet Uranus and we'll be talking about what that means. So it can get a little complicated for your non-astrologers out there. So we're going to take it slow. Michael's going to be the every person listening, and I'm going to be as simplistic as I can be. It's a little complicated. So the the thing that is important about this, generally speaking, is that Jupiter and Uranus generally, across the board, regardless of what signs they're in, represent the whole idea of the philosophy of serendipity.
1: Serendipity.
0: Serendipity.
1: So just as a quick review, what is serendipity? Okay.
0: Serendipity is a philosophy that says unexpected events will occur if we take action. Okay. Which means that we're not attached to end products as much as we're open to possibility. Unexpected surprises, which I think is really cool. Unexpected surprises that occur when we are going in one direction. Wasn't it – was it Paul McCartney? Or we know it, was, it was John Lennon that said, life is what's happening when we have other plans. Well, that's serendipity. We have other plans and other things are happening.
1: I like that. My, my understanding and interpretation of that piece of serendipity is that um, our personality, our egos, we think we know what we want. We think we know what will make us happy. So we decide to go after something in life. Um, and the truth is, our souls know what will ultimately make us happy. Right. Okay. So often, if not always, our egos, our personalities, are short-sighted. We do not see enough of what is involved for our optimal or our ultimate happiness. But our souls know what that is. Yes. So when we make plans in the world, we think – I'm in A, and I'm going to go to Z in a straight line to accomplish that. And along the way, once we start to implement our plans, life messes with it, doesn't it? Right. Uh, unexpected, uh, unexpected there's your honest. Surprise. Unexpected things happen that right. we perceive as roadblocks, as blockages to getting to the goal that we know will make us happy and give us our heart's desire.
0: That's correct. And
1: then most people hunker down. And just try to pound the round peg in a square hole. Mm-hmm.
0: And end up feeling?
1: Disappointed. Disappointed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. When in fact, if we believe in the philosophy of serendipity, then when we implement our plans based on our own chosen goals from our personality and the first stumbling blocks, the first obstacles, the first hard parts come, instead of hunkering down, what we do is we stop and we... Take a breath. And pay attention. And we open our field of perception. We start paying attention to what's going on more around our goal. And we go with the flow. We look at what the obstacles, where they're trying to push us. That's correct. And if we go with the flow, what we find always in hindsight, hindsight's always the clearest, (laughs) We find eventually that what we thought would make us happy, what our actual chosen goal was, is a little different in the end than what we thought it was. And what we end up with is in fact what makes us happier than what we thought would make us happy in the first place.
0: Absolutely. Well, well done. If you all here are hearing a little noise in the background, it's one of our puppies trying to get our attention. Our puppies
1: so. are messing with our serendipity. Our, yes. My, well, my he, one
0: puppy is determined to be on my lap. Well, she this made process. it up, didn't she? She did. Okay, fine. All right. So that's that's the serendipitous part. So what we're going to be talking about is how that works astrologically. And they're in the universe, in the sky, if we were able to see Uranus. We can see Jupiter, but we can't see Uranus very well. We're going to see that they are, in fact, 60 degrees from each other. One is in the sign of Pisces. The other is in the sign of Taurus. A 60-degree angle in the universe, right? Okay, a 60-degree angle astrologically is called a sextile. A sextile. A sextile. It's kind of sexy, doesn't it? It's a sexy sextile. <laughs> actually, it's very good. It, actually, it's a really good aspect because it, it represents ca- a call to action. A call to action. A call to action. So the, whatever planets are involved, you, you, we're looking at it from the fastest planet to the slowest. So Jupiter in orbit is faster than Uranus. In orbit. I'll
1: take your word for that. Take
0: my word for that. And so what we do is we take a look at the fastest planet and what it's going to do to call to action the slowest.
1: Okay. So that means that the slowest planet needs to do something in that sign to enable or further enhance – the faster moving planet, which in this case would be Jupiter.
0: Well, actually, it's pretty much the other way around when you think about it, because the slowest, the fastest moving planet is going to lend its energy. It's going to give oh, Uranus so a
1: push. Pull, it's pulling on the Taurus center uh, uh, on on the Uranus center.
0: Right. It's giving, and, and in this case, it's giving Uranus and Taurus oh, energy.
1: Okay. So the first. The first thing a person has to has to deal with is the Jupiter energy. Correct. To impact the Uranus energy. Very well said. Thank you. <clears throat> That's absolutely true.
0: Okay, so we talked about Jupiter quite a bit in our last podcast, Podcast 14, this is 15. And so I'm going to suggest that you all listen to it again, uh, just to get a sense of what Jupiter means. And I'm going to give you a, a little brief synopsis of Jupiter again. Remember, Jupiter is the fastest-moving planet. So Jupiter is calling Uranus forward to take action. It's it's lending its energy. Jupiter is an energy of expansion. So automatically, we could say that Uranus is going to be a bigger deal now than it would have been before Jupiter went in. Yes. You know, because there's more energy.
1: Yes, because there's more... Push or pull in this case to get right. to have Uranus express itself.
0: Right. So we're going to talk about Uranus today, so you can have an idea. But think about when you're thinking about what I'm talking about. Well, Uranus, you want to realize that it's got this ex- ex- acceleration, right? An accelerated energy from Jupiter, and Jupiter, to refresh y'all's memory, has to do with optimism and confidence and faith and faith. Keyword right. is the face. is the glass half empty or half full? Half full, full. Um, it, and it's the understanding of how to be consciously aware of new opportunity. So it really is an energy that says we can make positive outcomes occur. So you think about that now. You know now it's saying to Uranus, "I'm going to help you create an unexpected surprise that's really bigger and fuller and more expressive." And more confident and more of faith. But
1: only if you have faith in that. Only if you're optimistic about your life or about life itself. Right, because Uranus isn't always. Well, that's
0: not easy these days either. And that's not easy to see in our world. We're in war, basically. Right, we're starting a war in Europe currently today. That's an unexpected, well, it's not unexpected, but it is um, an event that needs to be taken a look at from this standpoint, if we can. Right, so that's more difficult. Okay, so it creates optimism and trust.
1: Yes, and which how are, we, trusting and and faith, which is an antidote to anger and fear as a response to anger. Right, which and, is a ton of what's going on today. Right. And it's very very op- It's an optimistic energy. Yes. You know?
0: and the thing that we forget sometimes about Jupiter, is that Jupiter also is symbolic of our inner, our inner spiritual teacher. The part of us that really does know best. It's different than our soul, but it's the part of us that can, that can hold optimism and faith and expand op- opportunities. opportunity. Our better self. Our, our better p- self.
1: The phrase higher self might apply, that w- you know, which has been used commonly in the last right. 20 years or so. Right.
0: So it's a very full energy. It's a very good energy. Now, as we talked about last time, it can also expand an energy that's not particularly pleasant.
1: So, we mentioned that. Jupiter doesn't care what it expands, positive or Or negative. negative.
0: So, we are, as we look at Jupiter and Pisces go, I prefer that it means the positive. I make that choice.
1: So, that comes back to the glass sitting on your counter with that nice magic marker line exactly halfway in the middle and filled with water exactly to that line. And when you look at that glass and a person says, well, is that half empty or half full? You can't get a ruler to answer that question. You can't objectively calculate that answer because both answers are true, or neither answer is true. That's right. So it really boils down to what's your preference and what, what you what's your choose, choice, what you're choosing. Right.
0: Okay. So that I think, as I said, if y'all go back and listen again, you know, to the podcast 14, we really go into Jupiter a lot more. So that'll give you an idea, even more, of what Jupiter is going to call Uranus forward to do. Okay, so with that introduction, I'm going to talk to y'all about Uranus in Taurus. Okay, take it, Lynn. All right, here we go. Um, Uranus has been in the sign of Taurus from March 6, 2019, and it will stay there until uh, what my note July 7, 2025. It's a seven year transit. Uranus takes seven years to go through an individual sign. Right. All right? So it's 84 years. And
1: Jupiter takes a year to go through a sign. By exactly.
0: contrast. By contrast. it's, so by it's contrast. a
1: faster-moving planet.
0: That's right. And so, uh, you know, ultimately, if we hit 84 years old, then we'll be in uh, one Jupiter-Uranus uh, return.
1: I intend to hit 84. Well, hell, I'm only four How years away. Uh, right. And you definitely better well, than have to be exactly 84 years. All
0: right. So Uranus is... Actually, the planet that rules the next 2,000 years. It's the planet that rules the sign of Aquarius. So right here, right now, Uranus in Taurus is creating that transitional push to get us into the age of Aquarius.
1: Well, we're in the age of Aquarius, but to get us all the way in and, and uninvolved with the last age, which is Pisces, right? Well, some and of that's us still in transition. Some of us are in the age of Aquarius. Well,
0: I, th- I hope I am. Well, we are maybe. <laughs> right, and I, you know, I could say maybe at this point, maybe ten percent of the population of the United States, because that's what we work with basically. Yeah, um, is you know operating in that regard, that we are understanding and philosophically being and mundanely being in the, the sign of Aquarius. Exactly. All right. Uranus is associated with sudden unexpected changes. It's called the Awakener. Boing! You know, I didn't expect that to happen. And when we talk about, in, it's a kind of insight, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, was moments in your life when you have a, a thought or a feeling that you've never had before, yeah. and it changes your whole life? Yes. I've had them. Me too. That's Uranian.
1: An epiphany.
0: An epiphany. A like Halcyon a, moment. Or a belt out, <laughs> we call it a bolt from the blue. A bolt from the blue. Right. Uh, you know. And the interesting thing about that is it really is a bolt from the blue. I mean, Uranus is electrical energy. So is, so is Aquarius, which is why technology is very much about Aquarian principles, right? It right. Right. can be. Okay. And the most important thing about Uranus, in my view, it's the voice of God. It's the voice of God coming through us, either through our feelings, our thoughts, our you know, um, our sensation. It's saying, "This I want here, down there." Pay attention.
1: That Pay reminds attention. me of a joke. Of course. <laughs> yeah. What? Go ahead. <laughs> a honey. guy's walking along a cliff, and it gives way, and he falls off the edge, and he's it's a thousand feet down. He's falling, he's falling, and at the last instant, he sees this this tree hanging growing vertically out of the cliff wall and, and grabs it with both hands and breaks his fall. And there he is hanging 900 f- feet above the ground. He looks down. He looks up. He looks up again. He says, is there anybody there? And a voice comes from the heavens and says, this is God. What can I do, my son? And the guy's hanging there, and he says, can you help me? And there's this pause, and God's voice comes down and says, yes, I can. Let go of the branch. The guy looks up. He looks down. He thinks a minute. He says, is there anybody else up there?
0: Right, 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 right. Okay, so the voice of God awakens us with our intuition, basically. And through that intuition comes unexpected events. Right. Now, I tell my students, and they don't like hearing this ultimately, but Uranus is either a beautiful spring rain coming through, right? Very gentle, warm, positive energy. Or it could be a tornado. Or it could be a hurricane. So, how do we, how do we create it to be a, a, a gentle rain and not a hurricane? Well, I have an answer to that. When we understand that change is ultimately, it's ultimately always the reality. Would you agree with that, Michael?
1: Well, yes. Every uh, I just read an article in the last year about the speed of light not being the constant that Einstein said it was in the universe. And if, speed, if, the, light, if the speed of light is not constant, nothing in the universe is stationary. Everything is moving and there's no boundaries. So, uh, yeah.
0: You believe that? Okay? I believe that. Okay. Well, it is. Um, it 's always changes the hair on our head, the skin on our on us everything 's changing everything um, Some of us are love change some people don 't the plant the sign of your, of Taurus does not, so it 's an interesting conundrum when Uranus went in there. Right. That, okay, Tars? I know you like to stay put and oh, yeah. stable and do your little garden and do all that and you have your security and money's in the bank, right? All that.
1: That's kind of like inserting a, a, a stick of dynamite into concrete as it's forming.
0: That's a good <laughs> That's a very good analogy. Well, anyway, so that's the unexpectedness of it. Either we have a spring rain or we have a tornado. We make that choice. We understand if we understand change and we understand how change operates in our personal life, and we make decisions to take action on that. Wow, can you even possibly imagine the difference between a spring rain and a, tor- and a tornado? Yeah, or a hurricane. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So we, if we have our charts in our mind and we understand our charts, what we can say really truly is, I will make that change. I don't know if I want to, but I think I better. And I will use Jupiter in order to help me be more confident about it, stronger about it, more able to have that positive energy about it. So
1: in other words, have faith.
0: In other words, it's a leap leap of faith.
1: And choose to be optimistic. Optimism is not a a product of what happens. It's an attitude we take up front, really.
0: Uh, It really is. It's about choice. Okay. On another level, Uranus, because it is the ruler of Aquarius and the New Age, has to do with freedom. It's a freedom point in a chart and how we want to be more free. So wherever Uranus is in your chart gives you an opportunity to go, that's my point. That's what I need to become free of. that's my optimism. There it is right there in that house, in that sign, whatever, okay. I have Uranus in Gemini in the third house well who am- what am I? I'm an astrologer
1: i I have Uranus in Taurus in the sixth
0: right so we we are looking at that energy in our chart about the w- the place where change is inev- is inevitable right. and our choice is how it's going to show up right, okay. All right, so that takes care of that. It, it's I've seen people go through Iranian oppositions, which is about 44 years old when they're about 44, right? And have a breakdown. I mean, really, no kidding. It's a real, real problem for them. I
1: remember mine.
0: You remember yours? <laughs> I remember mine, too. My Uranus opposition was when I fully came out as an astrologer. I had been an astrologer, but I wasn't public. I lived in an area where it wasn't wasn 't particularly important for me to be an astrologer, if you know what I mean right okay, so Uranus then is the inventor it 's the illuminator it's the awakener it 's the gift from God about how we need to run our lives and clearly, as you probably can hear from this, to be able to understand fully Uranus, you really do need to understand that your soul creates your life because if we have that we have that perception that yeah. what 's going on over here that we 're not aware of. Is the voice of God. It is important to us, even though we may not like it or we may see it as a tragedy. It's still, there is a golden parachute in there. There's a silver lining there. Our job is to be able to see it. Unfortunately, we're so connected to end products that if we don't hit that product and we don't hit the outcome, then we're disappointed and we're failures. Right. And so...
1: Well, that that goes back to an axiom, My clients hear all the time from me, which is, "What if your life is unfolding more and less as it should, whether you know it or not?"
0: Clients crazy with that line.
1: I know. (laughs) I watch their eyes because I quoted to them at the times when they're up there as an alligators. Yeah, I
0: know. Okay, okay, all right. So, on a more personal level, with Uranus and Taurus, Taurus is the energy that represents self-esteem and self-worth. Uranus went in there and said, okay, let's see what changes you need to make in order to fully be expressed around self-esteem and self-worth. Right. It also does this, Taurus's bias is to hold on, right? Right. I mean, Taurus people will say, well, I get stuck sometimes. Right. Or I don't want to change, all right? So Uranus goes in and says, well, what are those beliefs and structures in your life do you have that are working for you? And they'll answer me. I'll say, fine. Then let's put that over here in this box. Now tell me the beliefs and the structures that,
1: that aren't. aren't working. Right.
0: And those are the ones.
1: Or aren't working yet because that's the trap that everybody gets caught in. If it doesn't work, it must be because I haven't done it quite enough yet. Yeah. well, And people spend their whole life doing the same thing over and over again and it doesn't work. And
0: it doesn't work. Okay. So once once we have that separated out and we know and are able to understand the structures and the belief systems that no longer work, then we can go into a change. Then Uranus goes, aha, there you go. And then Uranus will create opportunities and situations and serendipity, if you will, in order to help us achieve that. And that's what's so positive about this aspect. As I said, those of us that are heavy Earth, I'm not, but you you have a lot of Earth signs in your chart. When... When we're in that earthly place of I want stability, oh, yeah. I want security, all else fails, I want to have X amount of dollars in the bank. I want to have this. I want to have that. And you're stuck in it. I mean, you think that that's all you ever want to be happy or to be fulfilled. Be careful. Yeah. Because that could be one of those places where Uranus goes in and says, uh-uh.
1: Well, money's an interesting thing because it's not even real anymore. It's funny money.
0: Well, there you go. So that's a Iranian at the, thing. In at itself. the
1: stroke of a computer key or the breakdown of our internet, all of our assets could just vanish.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the technological <laughs> part of it. Yeah. You know, you all of a sudden you've got money in the bank and the bank's closed or the bank's yep. whatever. Yep. All right. I don't want to. Mean, I'm not saying this to scare anybody. Although Uranus can be a little scary when you think about it. I'm saying it for you to prepare. Um, preparing for the unexpected is difficult. But not astrologically, it's not.
1: Well, if you're if we're preparing, that means that you're aware. Your awareness is now sparked to pay attention for something that could happen, that hasn't happened yet, could show up, right? Which right. Which is the unexpected. The unexpected. Okay. And if your awareness is tuned into that, then your emotional reaction inside is either going to be curious and interested or scared.
0: Yeah. Well, most people, I think, get scared.
1: That's correct. More yeah. often than not, maybe six out of five out of six or eight out of ten, people are reacting with fear in that moment.
0: And the reason that I wanted to do this is I really want people to see that there are ways out of the dilemma. You can have your chart done. You can know where this call to action is. Mm-hmm. You, can under, you can really understand what's going on in your life and how you want to change that. And that, to me, is the reason we're astrologers. Yeah, you know, we can prepare for the unexpected. We can't always know exactly what it's going to be, but we have a darn good idea of where of the issues that could be involved right. in it. And we don't you know
1: prepare. how it's going to concretize, but yeah. we know what the game's about.
0: Exactly. And I don't want to know. I want. I don't. I know don't want to know try. how it's
1: going to concretize either. Yeah. That would be. That would be. Uh, that would require us, you know, to live in a world that was fixed.
0: Right, and I would be stuck in an outcome. Yeah, that too. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like. That. I don't getting stuck in an outcome. I mean, I was going on my merry way as a vice principal and educator. I was. I would. They thought I might be in director of education in Maryland someday. I mean, I was going up there, right? Yeah. And then one day, I met a guy, and he said, "You're an, uh, you're a Sagittarian, aren't you, Linda? He, he's a he's a trumpet
1: player, right? Right." And
0: I said, "I didn't know what that was." I did not know what he was talking about.
1: Wait, there was a time when you didn't know anything about astrology? Zero. <gasps> I thought you came out of the womb. Well,
0: no, no. actually, not only did I not know anything about it, but if anyone ever brought it up, I, I thought they were stupid and ridiculous.
1: You know, I had that opinion myself when I met you. You
0: did. <laughs> Tried to talk me out of being what I was. I remember those days. I did, well, so anyway, that, but so, I lost. Yeah, I dated this guy for, I don't know, two or three months or something. And, I, and we would... The, inevitably, he was an astrologer disguised as a trumpet player. Right. Who knew? And he, <laughs> anyway, we'd talk and talk and talk and we'd argue and, and after a while, it was just not any fun anymore. Okay. After the first two or three times of having sex, nothing was fun. That was it. That <laughs> Even was, the astrology you know, wore out after yeah, the sex whatever. wore out. Okay. And he said to me once when we were getting ready to break up, um, Linda, when you know half as much as I do about astrology, let's talk again. That pissed me off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there is the beginning of your astrological career. There
0: is. How Iranian is that?
1: Doesn't pay to piss you off because you'll (laughs) just take up the crusade. Well, and I
0: did. And it took me about two, three months. And I realized that this was something really important. Before I even knew I had Uranus in the third house, this was important and I needed to study. I never saw Paul again. I thank him sometimes. You know, for leading me. You know, yes. he was my voice of God coming out of the blue, bolt out of the blue, saying, "You're going to become an astrologer," and I did. And that was that. Was that? Of course. Then the, the other bolt out of the blue was when I had an accident, if you remember, in Bar Harbor, when, as a predictive astrologer, I should have been able to have predicted that, because I was pretty good at it. Right. Well, I didn't. No. I couldn't. No, and when I, I remember coming home, well, and it was I,
1: too close. To, was, you can't predict for yourself. Well,
0: not not only that. Yeah. It was a prediction doesn't make any difference. I
1: get I get that too. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah. it's like it doesn't matter.
1: Well, you know, being able to predict only works for a person who is very very self unaware, because if you're not driving your own car in life anyway, you're always reacting to what's going on around you, and you take whatever you get anyhow. So on that level of awareness, you can. Sometimes very accurately predict a concrete outcome for a person, but do you want to do that?
0: Yeah, but you, somebody? I can I do want that so do psychologically that. without you to get short.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want people to make their own choices. Exactly. Myself.
0: Exactly. So anyway, I came home from that accident, very you know, very very damaged. Took me a month or so to recover, and at the and I was going through the flowers of hell.
1: I drove you home from and that you drove yes. yeah
0: you you know what that was like
1: yeah you had cracked ribs. Imagine me driving you from Maine down to Baltimore which was a two-day trip we stopped overnight and every bump I hit (laughs) it it was pain I think I suffered more than you did you
0: probably did well anyway the moral to the story was I had a month of soul searching what am I going to do I'm not going to do this anymore I'm not going to predict anymore that's ridiculous I could go back to education hadn't been gone that long um or I could come up with something new, and that is when I saw Martin Schulman's book, Karmic Astrology. I give that man total credit. When I when I opened that book, and I read that book, and I went, oh my God, this is a field very few people were talking about. Everybody in my circle were predictive predictive people. Yeah,
1: that, that was the trend. That yeah. was
0: the trend back then, and I'm going...
1: What was that, Eighty. 80- that was something. about eighty one. Eighty one, right? Eighty one, eighty. Well,
0: anyway, so the bottom line of it all was, I started looking into karmic astrology, and the rest is history. Um, that's what I became. Here we are today, and in here Tampa, we are today. Florida. And and the other bolt out of the blue was that the people in my in my you know few weren't crazy about the fact that I was not no longer part of the club, right? And I wasn't. Right. And that was another like, oh. Right, what going u- to do? And
1: I don't think they ever got over it.
0: Well, they invited me back after the first book was published. That's true. I think they almost had to, you know. But, right. You know. Anyway, that's being said. So there have been a lot of Iranian experiences. And if you go back into your life, especially in the, from 2019, right, when, that, when March of 2019, go back into your life and take a look at the unexpected events that have occurred and how they went down. And maybe even, and I have had my interns do this all the time, go back into a tragedy in your life and look at it from a perspective of a Uranian serendipitous experience.
1: Oh, I can do that par excellence in my life. Every, every really what I thought at the time was a bad thing that happened to me was an earth, a ground-shaking, cataclysmic shift in my direction that pushed me to where I'm at, which is where I would say at this point in my life, I'm a very happy and contented man.
0: Yes, you are. And you have a great wife and great dogs and great friends and students. I mean, what else? what else is there?
1: Not much. Not much.
0: Okay. Okay, so on a mundane level, Uranus in Taurus represents changes in things like technology now. We keep doing that. That's going to be 2,000 years. I don't even know, can't even imagine what Uranus is going to do with technology. I
1: can't imagine how much that's going to evolve before I'm dead. Before
0: you're dead. <laughs> so, you know, and we're old enough <clears throat> to be able to see what it was like way before. Hell, I know. That's right.
1: I remember stone tablets <laughs> and hammers and chisels. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right.
0: And I remember for four years saying, I don't want a cell phone. I don't want to be hooked on oh, that. thing." we, we fought
1: cell we fought phones for that. a long time. <laughs> we did. Yeah.
0: We did. We did. Because we didn't want to be connected to people 24-7. Seven, right. Not for, forgetting that we didn't have to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that we goes.
1: didn't know about our power to yeah, say no. Yeah, we didn't know about
0: right. our choices and our power. Also, the, anything that, you know, banking. Banking. Anything to do with, the, um, and I am not a big, I don't understand the finances very well in this country, but I do know they're changing every day. And, you know, the government, the global connections. I mean, it's. It just boggles my mind. Um, So it's a very significant thing. So one of the things you guys could do, even if you didn't have your charts, is just pay attention to, especially in the last couple of years, well, since 2019, what you have observed as changes in the world and in your own life. You know, the pandemic, for heaven's sake. And that was a major Iranian experience. You think? Yeah, I do. And you know, for for us, we had some good. We had two good years because we're not real social people anyway. So we didn't mind staying in our little apartment, you know, doing our work and all that. It didn't bother us much. But we were dealing with people who were terrified and people who actually got sick. I mean, we didn't, but a lot of our people. And we don't. I think we only know how many people that have been sick during that time. Two, three,
1: maybe. Yeah, maybe. People, not a lot. Not and, a lot. Not and a lot. don't know anybody firsthand who died either. From no, we don't.
0: But we had you know, some of that going on. But the reality of the pandemic, when you think of the, and I would like people to look at the reality of the pandemic, because it's right, right behind us. Right. What changes did I make? What, what were the positive outcomes of that Iranian experience of the pandemic? Most people don't hold it that way. Or they see it as a problem or something to get through. Right. You know, and something to thank God that they didn't get sick and die.
1: Well, I and you, I, um, you know, the uh, the largest positive effect that the pandemic had for us is that it stimulated you and I to slow down, slow down. and appreciate sitting still.
0: <laughs> yeah, potentially that's what we did.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Because we were all compelled to do that anyway, to some degree. Right. Yeah. And- but instead of railing against it for you and me, it was a relief on yeah, some level. It
0: was. And you know we were travelers. We did a lot of traveling, you know, to different places, you know, you know, in our practice. We didn't do much of that. We didn't do any of that. I think for a year, did we? Right. No. No. So that was different. no
1: traveling at all for a year.
0: And a few people were so brave that they came to us. I'll never forget one one man out of Baltimore. He said, "I'm not going to let the pandemic stop me from seeing." I remember here. that. Remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he was so brave, you know, because so many people are going. Oh my God! I can't do it! I can't do it! Um, and I understand that. Hell, I, I get it. Um, I also know that it's important to go back. I have a classic story. I think yeah, I'll have enough time to tell it. About a young woman in Baltimore who calls me up out of the blue, out of the ghetto in Baltimore. Right? Uh, she said, I don't have any money. I said, OK. And she said, I've known about you for a year. He, she said, but I'm just, I lost my boy, my little boy. To a drive-by shooting in Baltimore, died on the street in front of me. She'd had a year to grieve, and she did. She grieved, and she did whatever she needed to do with her church and all the things she needed to do. And she said, "But she said sooner or later, I knew that I would need to t- talk to you about why my son was killed." And by the time we finished, we had fi- we figured out why her son died. We understood the karma that he brought into this life, we understood all of that and the serendipity of the action of his being killed. Now, that's a hard one. When you think about how do I, how do I talk to a mother about the serendipity of her little boy dying? Right. That, that was probably the toughest thing I ever did. But the good news, I always tell stories that have happy endings, the good news is two or three years later, I can't remember exactly, she'd gotten her nursing degree. She met a very fine young man She was pregnant. And inside, I'm going, I bet he's returned. I didn't say that to her. I didn't want to put that into her head. Two years later, guess what? She called. She said, I think my son's back. And I I said, I think he is too. There's a serendipity. I mean, you know, of all the stories I could tell of my practice, that was the big one. Right. Because people say that. Well, how can you find serendipity in that tragedy or that tragedy? The way of seeing it is to open it up. Well and see the big picture, not just the little picture.
1: I was raised Catholic, and that spiritual philosophy doesn't allow for the concept of reincarnation. So if you don't have a belief, uh, I believe a knowing for myself at this point in life, it's not just a belief, that, that we keep coming back over and over again and that we're here for a purpose. We're here to accomplish something over the long haul of lifetimes then a tragedy like that hits a, hits a it, wall, hits, hits a, a dead, dead end. end. Right. And, you know, all you can say is God works in mysterious ways. I don't know. You know What does that mean? <clears throat> right.
0: Well, what we found, if people out there are interested, what we found about her son, who was three years old, had come in with some significantly problematic karma. Right. And well, the greatest gift he could ever give himself was to die
1: at three years old right. and return. Because he burned off a lot of the negative oh, energy absolutely that that he brought in for himself absolutely
0: and I was raped at, at three right and I even even at the time and I can remember as well as I'm sitting here going there's something okay about this something's okay and what I did was burn off an awful lot of karma at three dealing with a lot of my That's past right. lives
1: understanding or to review very quickly that the The idea of making progress with karma or karma and progress as we come through our lifetimes is that if you're unaware, you make progress, even if you don't tune into what you're doing, tit for tat. So if you're the perpetrator in one life and I'm the victim, then I'll come back around with you at some other lifetime where I'm the perpetrator and you're the victim. At that point in our drama, we've both experienced the whole thing with each other both sides of the coin. And there is something learned there and we become less burdened or less problematic and we move toward the positive. Right. And at some point that starts to churn around and it becomes positive karma. I think we're at the end of our cosmic childhood, the beginning of our spiritual adulthood. So that positive, positive karma is going to start to kick in as we move forward. But our childhood has been basically based in Tit for tat. Tit for tat.
0: Well, with this particular aspect that we're in, with Jupiter and Uranus being such happy companions right now, is that we can, if we understand Jupiter and we understand Uranus, then we can put those energies together and see a lot of positive outcomes, even if they don't look like it at the time. Right. If it's based in Jupiter's faith. 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 And that's the key.
1: Faith and optimism.
0: Faith and optimism. If something bad happens and I have the faith at that moment in time to see the potential serendipity, that takes the edge off, doesn't it?
1: It does. Well, yes. I mean, you know, when I'm up to my ass in alligators, that axiom that this is unfolding more or less as it should and it's pushing me in a direction I wouldn't go otherwise – and trusting in the positive outcome of that has certainly helped me deal with some stuff, including a broken ACL, uh, uh, you know, from skiing that had to be surgically repaired. I, I, you know, it's the first time in my life that I thought I had something go wrong with my body that could not get better.
0: Yeah. I remember and it that did. Too. And
1: then it got better. And it did.
0: Okay, so – Of course, and this is not an advertisement, but if you can get your chart done, whether it's online or with us or anyone, go in and look at those positions. Like, where is Jupiter in Pisces in my chart? And where is Uranus and Taurus in my chart? And even if you had to call an astrologer and say, hey, (laughs) tell me where those energies are. Explain this to me. Explain this to me. It's really important to have that under our belt, especially now with all the chaos in the world that we have no controls over. None. Zero. But we have a lot of control over the way we take it, the way we express it, what we do with it, how we respond to it.
1: Well, we have control over our personal life, our personal right. space, our personal interaction.
0: Okay. All right. So that being said, I would like, I, I'll offer that. If, you, if anybody out there really wants to know this, number one, you might want to make an appointment. But if you can't do that, just call, you know, text me and say, "Where's my Jupiter? Do my chart, please." Where's my Jupiter? Where's my Uranus? Well, text I've, or email. Text or email. It's be- probably better to email. P- probably better um, email. In yeah. Terms of being so because response. I'd be happy to send that out to you, and then you know you can look at it and t- buy my book for heaven's sake. Uranus is in the book. I didn't put Jupiter in there because Jupiter is not a karmic planet. But you can read my book and read about Uranus and Taurus and your own particular you know uranus placements so okay that being said i think that's all i want to say about that just pay attention i'm sure it's going to come up again the serendipity thing will be coming up with michael and i for a long time because it is i think the law and the truth of the land and right now with jupiter for a whole year we're going to have an opportunity to see that in our own lives
1: sure well how many people do you think currently on the planet are believing in serendipity Based on what they're experiencing and what's going on around Well,
0: if, if you think back a few years ago to a, a big movie that was called Serendipity. Yeah. And all my clients and students, Linda, Linda, you've got to go see this movie. It was a movie about fate. Yeah, it was. It had nothing to do with serendipity whatsoever. And a lot of people think serendipity is sitting back and waiting for something good to happen.
1: Oop, wrong. Uh, wrong. Thanks for playing. <laughs>
0: That's not the way it works. You know, Gerda said... The universe moves when we do. Goethe was a German philosopher.
1: Well, that would be in line with the idea that we are, in fact, actually creating our own reality, wouldn't it?
0: It it does. And for people who do not believe in a soul or creation, serendipity is a hard
1: concept. I think they're SOL myself.
0: Well, it makes me sad.
1: (laughs) Me too. But, but again, I believe the world is unfolding more or less as it should. And God doesn't have a time limit on our evolution. So... They'll get there when they get there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's I, what I keep reminding well, myself. It's, and it's for us as coaches, you know, sometimes our team doesn't win.
1: That's true, too, right? You
0: know, they have to play another game. Yep. That's a good analogy. And, you know, they can do play another game in their next life and then they're following, you know.
1: That, that's the point, right? That's exactly. The point. Sooner or later, we're all going to get to the same they're place. We're all going
0: to get there. Okay. So I have one big announcement to make. Okay. And that is on April 1st, there is a new moon in the sign of Aries. Yeah, that's a cool thing. A new moon is a new beginning. Aries is the beginning of spring.
1: Initiation. Initiation. Taking action. Yeah,
0: taking action, setting up. A, actually, it's the astrologer's new year.
1: Right. All right, not new N- year. You know, not January, day. yeah. Okay.
0: So to experience that and to really um, explore that, we are going to do a workshop on April 1st. We are? We are. We are, oh. we are. I'm, I'm
1: glad I know that now. Yeah,
0: you know that. And it's going to be on the Inner Child.
1: Inner Child Workshop.
0: Inner Child Workshop on April 1st. Um, if you want more information about it, you know, just let me know and I'll send you, you know, the information. It's going to be a, a one-day opportunity for people, if they haven't, to get in touch with their inner child and if they have, to understand it more fully.
1: And to begin a relationship with their inner child. That's the key. If they've never had one. That's right. Which they need to maintain for the rest of their life. That's right. Because if you want to be happy, you got to take care of your kid.
0: Yeah, that's right. And there is serendipity there, too, about you know what's going on. Remember, the child's an unconscious process. So the child could be creating things that we're not aware of. Correct. That could be really powerful. And right. really pow- you know, because powerful.
1: while we're unattached from our emotions, our children live in our emotions. They are the captain of our emotions on that level. So, yeah, they're creating stuff.
0: And one of, I just saw this. One of the biggest serendipity possibilities is if we still hold on to the past about the way we were raised, our parents, and what they did to me, and all that victim stuff that we hold on to. April 1st, doing this kind of work, says, I don't need those people in my life anymore, regardless of who they were. They're not important to me. What's important to me is my own inner father and my own inner mother and how my inner family creates my inner child. Right, and that takes care of a lot of the old pressures and structures and beliefs, right. I have clients, even very sophisticated clients that say, "But that's the way I was raised okay uh I was raised I was raised as Southern Baptist. I get it. you know, I also know that the bottom the real bottom line of how we were raised is problematic serendipitously is to tell us what not to do as parents, right. Or what not to do in our life right. and or to be able to have the courage to transform those foundations into something that works for us. Yep. So even a real, and I didn't have a perfect childhood by any means. Neither did you. Right. So the reality is I had to re- reinvent myself.
1: Oh, how many times have we done that now?
0: Yeah. And our <laughs> clients come ultimately to know that, you know, yeah. that they're here to reinvent to reestablish their own experiences. And no matter what kind of childhood we've had, not so important anymore. Right. So, and certainly Uranus goes, hell, been there, done that. What, what are you hanging on to that for? And Jupiter says, have the faith that you can change it.
1: That That's you, right.
0: That you can make it better. Right. So um, I will say that again. It's on April 1st. It's going to be a Discovering Your Inner Child. And with that comes a manual. And a book if you don't already have through the eyes of a child. And it's going to be a great opportunity for people to find that level of integration between their adult self and their child self. And I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover today, honey. You have anything you want to add?
1: Where are you going to do that workshop?
0: I'm not sure yet. I'm not probably, yeah. Are you camp. going to
1: do it in France?
0: Oh oh I'm sorry. You're going to no, do you mean in... to do it. It's going to be probably in South Tampa.
1: There you go. Okay. Thank
0: you. I forgot that this yes. is this is for are for this, is, clients. this is a
1: local announcement. This is a local announcement, unless close enough to come. Well,
0: if you want to fly in to do the workshop.
1: Oh, that's okay, too.
0: That's perfect. And we have some great hotels down there and wonderful weather in April. I mean, you might want to think about doing a vacation to come down hang out, and do the inner child. That would be perfect.
1: God, you could do the workshop and then do a personal retreat while you were here. Oh, yeah, the child.
0: whole thing, right? That's
1: right. Get the whole... The shaman- whole enchilada, right? Yep, the whole enchilada.
0: Okay, fine. All right, well, that's it for today, and we'll be meeting with you all next week. Not sure yet what Uranus will ask me to talk about next week, because often that's what I do. I, I wait for the inspiration, or Michael waits for an inspiration and goes, ah, that's what we need to talk about. And so... We're not sure yet, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. So take care, everybody. Do your Uranian Jupiter work. You'll be really excited about that.